0: I'm Hemant Mehta. And I'm Jessica Blumke. And you're listening to the podcast for FriendlyAtheist.com. You can now listen to all of our episodes and see show notes at FriendlyAtheistPodcast.com. I'm here with Sarah Moorhead. Sarah Moorhead is a former American Atheist, Atheist of the Year. She's one of the real activists, Uh, in this world that we're in, in this this atheist world. So she does so much that I wanted to talk to her about some of the projects she's working on. And that includes the upcoming Reason Rally. Uh, So if you were part of it in 2012, when they did it last time, we're going to do it again in 2016. And Sarah is heading up that effort. So we'll talk about that as well. So Sarah, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. Sure. So let's talk about, before we get into the Reason Rally, Um, No, screw it. I want to talk about the Reason Rally.
1: (laughs) As does everyone. (laughs)
0: Uh, So for people who have no idea what we're even talking about, Mm -hmm. what was the Reason Rally?
1: So the Reason Rally was the largest gathering of non-religious atheist you know, humanist people um, in the history of the country, actually. It was in March of 2012, and it was, the the reason really is made up of a coalition of all of the major um, and minor organizations in the movement. So American Humanists, American Atheists, Center for Inquiry. Um, This year we have, you know, the ex-Muslims of North America are in as a minor sponsor, and lots of other awesome groups. So all of these groups came together, and they elected um, David Silverman last time, to um put the event together and it was awesome and fun and exciting and everybody showed up we had a great time lots of good stuff from the stage and Yeah, then I was there and again. there were like I think, tw- I think estimated stage, I, I was on
0: stage there there were like 20 to 30,000 people estimated people. in the audience which is awesome for Atheists and probably like a slow weekend at Rick Warren's church Probably so but that was awesome though And it was
1: bad weather accidentally and it was bad weather. Which, you know ironically enough we don't have control over No
0: acts of god there you go um, I will but, point
1: out it stopped raining when Tim Minchin was singing. So if that's not an endorsement, I don't know And what the
0: rainbows is. came out. Yes,
1: that's how I remember it, at least.
0: <laughs> but it was. Everyone I've talked to who went to that event was just, for so many people, this is the first thing they've ever done around yeah. other atheists. Yeah. And so to see, like... Like you're standing in a sea of other atheists and you don't have to censor yourself. And you see people wearing these shirts, right. whether they're making fun of stuff or whether they're talking about science and, and reason, just connecting
1: with each other yeah. and, and getting to know each other. And and, you know, I saw a lot of things where, you know, people were from the same parts of the country and running into each other and, and making that connection and realizing that their world was actually a little bit broader than they thought it was. That was exciting, um, you know, and they're they're getting to know each other. And you see the Facebook groups exploding after that. So, I mean, it was it was really cool. And
0: then on top of that, it's it's Washington, D.C., it's the mall, it's the Smithsonian. I mean, it was an awesome venue, too.
1: It was. Yeah, it was literally, you know, at the at the foot of the Washington Memorial. So it's you know, it, it, you couldn't be more symbolic than that.
0: Right. And, and kind of the purpose behind it was, hey, politicians, because this was an election year. You can't ignore us. We are a voting. We're not really a voting block because it's not like we think in lockstep. But look at how many of us there are, right. and we we're represent. Worth listening to Absolutely. yeah, we're worth listening to. Come on, talk to us. Right. And in fact, there were I think at least one or two members of Congress who addressed us, not from the stage, but on video. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Maher addressed the crowd through video anyway. But like there, there were these people addressing it, and you are like, yeah, I think they realize this is a big deal. Yeah. So now you are in charge of running the next Reason Rally. That's correct. In another election year. So how do you go from there? Because that's if we talk about that as like, oh, this was this pinnacle. This was the big event. How do you take that and say, okay, we're going to make it bigger and better this time? We have to do it again. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, so it's definitely a big undertaking. I have a lot of teams of really awesome people in different committees and putting things together. Um, So so that's a big part of it. But the second piece really was asking ourselves, what more can we do? Um, the first reason rally was fantastic. It was exciting. It was groundbreaking. Um, and it got a lot of people's attention, but this time around, you know, we, have seen the Pew studies that, you know, people are leaving religion, the, the church, Pew non-believers are there. Um, so how do we encourage all of these people to come be a part of what we're doing? And I think the answer to that is really that, that we, as a reason rally coalition need to build this platform that gives all of these wonderful organizations that we're working with that support us as our sponsors, an opportunity to speak, you know, the message of their particular organization to everyone. So you know we're we're kind of, you know, my, my my mantra this time around is really, you know, this is the reason rally, not the atheist rally. And, you know, we've obviously spoken and gotten to a lot of, you know, the the hardline atheists, the people who are comfortable identifying as atheists, but there's a lot of people out there who are non-believers or they're, you know, non-religious or whatever label they're comfortable with or lack thereof, who I think, you know, we all agree we have some commonality and and we need to include them and we need to make sure the voices of science and skepticism and reason and all of that are coming from our
0: stage. So you're really... Talking to the nuns, exactly. but not the atheists, which is a subset of wasn't
1: I wouldn't say not the atheists. I mean, there's no Sorry, question. Uh, not only the not atheists. Not only the atheists. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know that. I I think that basically everybody who came last time, as far as I can tell, the vast majority are coming back. They're very excited. That was a big part of, you know, when I was weighing the decision of, of, you know, being interested in being a part of this, um, you know, just what's the buzz? What's everybody's interest level? And there's no question it's very positive. But I think, you know, even beyond that saying, okay, these are the people that are very likely to come back. We already know that they're they're wonderful, they're motivated and they had a great time last time. So how do we get everybody else? And I think that's going to be done by, you know, one, creating a full experience where it's not just show up on the mall on Saturday and, and run through everything and go home. We're going to have stuff built in from Thursday to Sunday, the entire end of the week. Um, outside of that, it's, you know, having representation on the stage for all of these people and all of these viewpoints, um, scientists, skeptics, you know, like I was saying, politicians, if we can encourage them to do that, um, you know, just anyone far beyond just our, our conference circuit, really. You know, that's really what we're looking for.
0: So so first of all, do we have a date for the Reason Rally?
1: We do, actually. Do you have a drum roll or anything? You can uh, do the...
0: duh. That was fantastic. Thank you. That
1: was, I, I really appreciate that. Cost that cost me a lot of money was, right there. Yeah, I, I figured. And um, we do. So um, <laughs> the Reason Rally will be June 4th, 2016.
0: And that's a Saturday again? And that
1: is a Saturday. And we're actually going to be at the Lincoln Memorial this time.
0: Ooh, very cool. Very exciting. So... It's June 4th, mm-hmm. and but that whole weekend is yeah. going to be stuff going on.
1: Thursday through Sunday, we're going to have things going on. We're going to have free stuff going on every single day. And, of course, the Reason Rally on the mall is free. Absolutely don't have to register or anything like that. Um, but there will also be opportunities to do VIP tickets. There's going to be, you know, upgrade options. We're going to have other shows people can go to and be a part of. We're really looking for this to be a full entire experience. It's not a conference, but we will have a mini con going on on Sunday for everybody to be a part of. We want to, you know, everybody's going to show up on that Saturday and they're going to get motivated and inspired and and really excited about going back home. And what we want to do on Sunday is then give them the tools so they can take it back home and and put it into action, however makes sense to them.
0: Because this is one of the complaints I heard about the 2012 reason rally which is that and I, by the way I also heard about John Stewart's rally to restore sanity which is you bring everyone there and everyone's so pumped up and so excited but then the event ends, and it's like, all right, now I'm back home. Now what do I now do? Now what? Right. Yeah, so you're going to address that this time.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's one of the crucial things. You know, teaching people that there's so many different ways to be an activist is really important. Um, and some people are activists in a much more passive way than, than some of our personalities, you know, are a good fit for, and that's fine. I think, you know, if we really want to mobilize and, and unify everyone by what we can agree with, um, then we have to start with, you know, it's okay to be who you are. Let's help you find what fits.
0: So what's an example of something where, like, how do you not just address atheists? Who do you bring on stage to address the crowd? Or what sort of event is going on where you might say, look, you don't like identifying as atheist, but you're not really religious. But you do care about, like, science and reason, I guess. Absolutely. Those are things we all have in common. How do you get those people encouraged? What are they tasked to do after they leave the Reason Rally?
1: Well, I think you know that's part of what we're still exploring is what's going to meet their needs and and really give them. What they're looking for in that experience, but I think you know having workshops and things on Sunday um, and other events on Thursday and Friday that people can be a part of. We're going to do um, a, an event that we're currently calling an advocacy day, um, but it's it's going to basically be um, similar to Lobby Day that the SCA does, and we're working with the Secular Coalition to put that together. Um, but you know, essentially teaching people um, not necessarily to go lobby. I mean, that can be a little bit high pressure for people, especially when you know the the mass media tends to to demonize and and vilify the concept of lobbying. And then you turn around and go, hey, (laughs) all 40,000 of you, can you come lobby with us? And for a lot of personalities, they kind of go, Oh, I don't want to do that. That sounds that shady, but yeah. it's not, it's talking to your it's elected not. officials. Exactly. That's what you're Lobbying, supposed to do. <laughs> right. Lobbying is going and having conversations saying, here's what I need you to do for me. Cause I elected you or, you know, I am a part of who put you in office. I pay your didn't. salary. I pay your salary. You're our employee. Um, so, so taking that again, broadening that scope just a little bit is then to say, well, you know, rather than l- teaching these people how to lobby, what we really want to do is empower them to have a conversation with their representatives if they personally then want to say, this is what I want you to do, then they certainly can do that. And there will be people there that can teach them that if they need that. But the point of, you know, the the Friday, you know, getting on the hill and all that stuff is going to be much more focused this time on that broad perspective of let's just start the conversation. Let's teach you that these are not intimidating, scary people. And you can get them out of there just as easily as you got them into there. Let's have that conversation and make sure they know who they're representing.
0: Right. And, and that's that's a common thing where it's even like, no, this is my elected official. They represent my city. Right. We should be able to talk to them, Absolutely. not just see them on cable news when they want to make some point or something. Mm-hmm. That's and exactly it. That is kind of what they do all day when they're not in front of the cameras anyway.
1: Right. So and they, they are having these conversations with people. What we want to teach people who are coming to our event is that they can have those conversations with you, too.
0: Right. And by the way, Christians know how to do that really well. Very well. Yeah, so we need to get... We just, yes,
1: a lot of removing that intimidation factor, um, you know, normalizing the process a little bit that... You know, there are there are things that you do and things that you don't do. But but some of that is just learning kind of the culture of actually going onto the hill and having that conversation. But outside of that, it's really okay to go, you know, talk to people and say, these are the issues that matter to me. And I want you to know that. And to have your representative even just be aware of it is huge and groundbreaking for them to realize, you know, every single state has nonbelievers of some shade or stripe. and, And we want them to be aware of that. And
0: I have heard from some people who said, like, whatever, I live in Texas. I have all like these Republicans representing me and stuff, you would think they're not in lockstep with me. But at the very least, when you talk to those elected officials, when you talk to their staff, it kind of helps to say, look, uh, I know you think your entire base is maybe very red, exactly. but here's where I'm coming from. And they might say, look, uh, you know, Senator whatever doesn't agree with you on this. Okay, but they that's need, okay. That's okay. That's going to happen. But they need to know that you're there too. And you're going to raise a exactly. fuss if they do whatever.
1: Exactly. And you know, I mean, we, we have non-believers. I mean, I think the vast majority of, of the non-believing community tends to lean more middle to left. Yeah. Um, but we absolutely have non-believers who are Republicans and, and all of that. And that's fine too. They have a right to have their voices heard. And I think that's part of where, what we're trying to do with the Reason Rally is really create that platform where everyone can have that interaction, you know, opportunity.
0: So a couple questions about that. So first of all, What sort of speakers do you have who might be able to address this broad swath of people who may not all identify as atheists? Right.
1: So um, one that I'm really excited about, um, she's kind of a personal hero of mine, but um, she's known pretty well in the scientific community is Dr. Eugenie Scott. Um and she has agreed to be a speaker and um is very supportive of the broader reach that we're looking for and and reaching out to people, you know, outside of you know the the narrow mainline atheist community. Yeah, she's
0: not someone I would identify with as speaking to just an atheist crowd. Not in the that's slightest. My, in she's fact, like Neil she deGrasse no Tyson in that sense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and you know, that's it's not something, you know, as she very directly put it she's not an atheist activist that's not her thing she's about science education she's about promoting you know research and and, you know exploration and all those things and she does those things so well and she's so passionate about it so to give her that opportunity to address why this matters and how we can better have these conversations i think she's an excellent representative of that Um, we're also really excited we have cara santa maria coming on Um, we have science babe yvette um for anyone who's paid attention to the the food babe war, going on um, on all of that, but she's awesome. So um, science
0: babe basically called out the food babe for non science, bad science that woo. she was promoting. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and great writer and really good uh, promoter. Of- she,
1: and she's another one where you know she has her opinions, but she sees the value in you know really having these conversations outside of just, you know, she, she does not she's not taking on, you know, the, the woo and, and all of that in the name of atheism. She's taking that on in the name of rational approaches to all of these topics. And, and that's really, you know, that what we're looking to represent as much as possible. And of course, you know, we're, there's, there's obviously people who are hardline atheists, um, and that's fine. And they're coming back or we're inviting them. And uh, we've got Paul Provenza obviously is coming back. Who was the MC he, last time. Who was time? the MC last time, um, and and definitely a crowd favorite and and just a sweetheart. I mean he's been very involved so far with helping all this come together. Um so I mean we we've got a lot of other fun stuff in the works that um hasn't quite been finalized, but you know obviously we're going to have more speakers and and all that as well, but it's
0: But so far like you're not talking about like just the Richard Dawkins type in the sense that these are atheists who are known within the atheist community. These are the people who spoke kind of at the Last Reason rally. Um, but those aren't the names you're mentioning just yet anyway.
1: Right, right. Well, and, you know, I mean, we've we've talked to James Randi, and he's very supportive. And, and if his schedule fits, then obviously he wants to be a part of things, and we'd be happy to do that. Um, and then without question, Richard Dawkins, if he's in the, in the country and able to be available, you know, we're definitely going to include him. Um, You know, so this isn't about um, restricting or dividing or anything. I'm very against the fracturing mentality of all this. (laughs) Um, But I think there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, as a colleague, I can have a differing opinion than you,
0: um,
1: but we can still work together for what we do agree on. And I want this event um, and collectively, I think we all are ready for, for an event like this to really focus on what do we agree on? What are we, you know, um, on the same page with, and how do we teach people to have conversations with each other that value the person um, while still giving ourselves permission to have a different opinion, you know, a little bit outside of
0: that. If this happens in June, we will probably know who the Democrat Republican are at that point. Probably. What do you do with that information? Because this is not necessarily a political rally Correct. to say go vote for this person. That's not what's going Correct. on here. But uh, what does that sign- does that play into how you schedule things or what you plan to do because like, oh, we will have these candidates. We we don't want these people to leave without I don't know, doing something about that. But how do you factor well, politics into this?
1: Sure. So one of the things that we're doing, we've already reached out to the uh, Rock the Vote campaign. Um, we're I'm not sure how much of that's going to come together. We're working on it. Um, but we'd be very excited um, to have them there. They're very nonpartisan. And they're obviously kind of about the same thing. Let's get everybody together and just mobilize. Let's get people, you know, Voting, getting their voices heard, making sure they know how to have these conversations, that's really important. Um, So obviously we're not going to take a partisan stance on things as a coalition. I'm not going to do that. Um, but you know, our, our attendees from our speakers from the stage may weigh in, of course, um, you know, certainly any politician out there that is interested in promoting the values and that, that we value and that we represent as the reason rally, um, we would welcome them to be a part of our stage.
0: So if Donald Trump comes by and he's like, you know, I'm the Republican nominee and he says, I want to address this crowd of atheists. What do you say as an organizer to that sort of thing?
1: thanks, but I think we're full.
0: (laughs) Are there politicians (laughs) where, you know, they are very unpopular with this science reason-based community? If Ted Cruz or someone like that said, uh, forget the presidential nomination, if they said, you know, I'm a hardcore Republican, but I do want to talk and talk about what maybe we have in common. This is not a polarizing speech per se, per se, but if they want to address the crowd do you say, well, that's a politician, we do want them to address us? Because that's kind of the whole point. We want them to hear us.
1: In a sense, um, I I think there are some people who um, maybe wouldn't necessarily be a good fit for our stage, and it would be worth many conversations to explore that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, you know, I I certainly wouldn't want to Would you reach out to
0: the candidates and say, hey, if you do want to speak...
1: There, without question, there are people, again, who, you know, are are already, you know, promoting some or all of the values that, you know, as humanists, as non-religious people, you know, separation of church and state, things like that. Um, you know, there are people that we're definitely looking at and saying, you know, hey, you have a really level-headed voice with all of us, and, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's there's certainly, you know, we, we'd we welcome the governors, we'd welcome, of course, you know, that's, we we want people to feel like this is a place where they can speak their voice. At the same time, um, it's all under that umbrella of reason and rational approach. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that we're necessarily going to give platform, um, when there already is ample platform available <laughs> for them, um, to voices that, that are... Um,
0: Anti-science?
1: Very... Um, in conflict with (laughs) what we want to promote. Sure, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's why we're doing it. You know, if, if we, um, if, if we had as, as a, a large coalition or, or whatever collective movement, whatever word wants to be used, um, you know, if we had the majority, if we had, you know, the prominence in national media, if we had all those things, we wouldn't need to do this. Um, you know, this is happening because it's necessary. This is happening because, you know, we're still arguing about whether or not you can have a Bible study in school. We're still arguing about, you know, whether or not evolution should be taught. Um, You know, as long as we're having those conversations in other sectors, then we have to have a Reason Rally.
0: One of the other complaints I heard about the 2012 Reason Rally is you could bring your kids. That was totally cool. But one of the things that the media latched onto was this idea that, oh, some people on stage swore, I mean, Tim Minchin was singing. I mean, if you listen to the point of his song, it's that, why do you care about swearing and not the scandals right. happening it, in the church? It was church. a
1: perfect illustration of his point.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, but that was one of the things. How do you make this a family-friendly event that's still appealing to someone who's college age and someone who's an adult with no kids? How do you change that's tough. things? Yeah. Um,
1: you know, well, one of the things we're doing, we're obviously working with Camp Quest very closely. Um, we're going to have, you know, the Camp Quest area and Camp Quest tent all those things. So we're we're definitely making you know as many strides as possible to make this as family friendly and inclusive as we can. Um, you know, it, I have a big family. I'm obviously want things to be friendly for my kids, and a lot of us do. So some of that is just is just kind of weighing it out and figuring out. You know, how do we give that balance between what everybody wants to hear? Um, you know, but then at the same time, not feeling like people have to shield their kids. Um, you know, it, it's going to be as family friendly as possible at the same time. Um, you know. And, uh, it's it's tough. It's yeah. because everybody has their different limits and their different standards and everything. I'm, but, you know, I'm very excited. You know, Amanda Metzkus is working on the Camp Quest um, end of it. She's in charge of that subcommittee for us. And she has fantastic ideas. We've had a couple really lengthy calls where, you know, if even half of it comes together the way we want it <laughs> to, it's going to be so
0: amazing. So one of the things that happened in 2012, it, like you alluded to earlier, a lot of different national atheist organizations, humanist groups, they came together to put together the event they kind of chose a leader amongst themselves and said, okay, we will support you, but you put it together. And this time they did something different, which is they elected kind of a uh, a nonpartisan group. Like none of you are necessarily affiliated who are on this committee to put together the Reason Rally.
1: Kind of. Um, so it, it actually, I mean, the the logistics of, of the election and everything were pretty much the same. Um, so they elected me and then, you know, I basically started putting, I mean, the first thing I did was, send out a whole bunch of surveys that signed everybody up for committees and then I harassed them for about three weeks to (laughs) to get them all onto committees. I think you might have been harassed a little bit on that too. I Um, (laughs) Uh um, but yeah, so it's been great. Um, I have a really supportive board of directors, which is obviously the leaders of all these awesome organizations and lots of them are on my committees. Dave Silverman chairs one of the committees and, um, uh, Debbie Allen from, um, the San Diego Coalition of Reason and American Humanists is the chair of our hospitality. Um, So, I mean, everybody is working together on this as much as they can. And you
0: have, like, a broad support of these various groups.
1: Absolutely. And each of those committees have subcommittees that are working on their own projects. I mean, it's it's kind of this just massive machine coming together but it's it's a collaborative effort you know we either either people are able to just give us a lot of moral support or in my situation I'm able to reach out to these people just for questions or almost kind of a mentoring thing these you talk about a wealth of resources i mean this is this is a coalition of people who have really dedicated their lives to their particular cause and a lot of times their organization so for me to be able to just call them up and say hey i have a question you know, what do you think about this or what what are your thoughts, How, you know, where are you leaning on this? um, you know, it's been invaluable to, to just have that at our disposal. And I think that's, what's going to make this, you know, just a phenomenal event. And that certainly existed last time, you know, Dave obviously worked his tail off with it. Um, but he has a staff that he was able to work with and that kind of thing. So this time I've kind of built that in, in kind of a little bit more of an organic way, but it's coming together. It's working really well.
0: So if I want to come to Reason Rally, besides just blocking off those dates and I don't know, booking a hotel or flights right now, what, what can I do? Do I register somewhere? Do I do anything right now?
1: you can go to the website of ReasonRally.org. Um, there's going to be information there, and obviously that's you know we're still just about a year out. That's in flux. There's a lot coming together, um, but you know yeah that's really it. Um, we're going to be putting a volunteer sign-up form on our website, um, and depending on when this airs, will depend on whether or not that <laughs> is up. <laughs> and that's more dependent on my team than yeah. you, so don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, we're going to have lots of ways to interact and be a part of it. Um, you know we're going to be crowdsourcing a lot of skills, um, and and it's so if really people want to volunteer, together, they, they we will find a way to
0: use them somehow. Most
1: people who know me well know that I give you one chance to back out at volunteering. And after <laughs> that, you're in. <laughs> so, yes, we'll take volunteers. So, if,
0: yeah, if you want to help out, we <laughs> you'll find a use for them. Absolutely. So here's what um, – this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you because this is a massive undertaking. Huge. And yet, this is one of like 18 plates that are spinning for you. So, one of the other things you're running is Apostacon. Correct. Which is a free conference that's based out of. It's not free. It's not free. I'm sorry. I'm just (laughs) kidding. Because, no, uh, I'll edit that out. I will never edit this stuff. Um, But you're running Apostacon, which is a huge conference. It's
1: a good one, yeah. Um,
0: And where is that based out of?
1: Um, So, this year it's going to be in Dallas. Um, it's September 18th through the 20th. Um, last year we were in Omaha and we had Neil deGrasse Tyson come out and then we had Dr. Krause was our keynote. Um, so
0: big names, those are not easy. Like you can't get Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's a hard person to get. He to was, your he event. was
1: a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, yeah,
0: it was totally cool. I can't imagine he would be otherwise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um, and then this year, you know, everybody kept saying, you know, how do you follow, Tyson, right? Yeah. And there's really no, there there's no way you can. It's just not, you know. <laughs> there's just no way to follow that. Um, so the only thing, you know, we were just like, well, you know, we have. He came out for the evening of scientific inquiry, um, and so the um, this year we've got Penn and Teller, and they're coming out for an evening of magical inquiry.
0: And I think a lot of people would say, okay, you found a way to match what we're you did to in a way. Match, and it was one <laughs> of those. There
1: was no way we could, br- you know, we're playing with do We bring in another scientist, and then it was like, well, we don't want to try to even. It's just totally different. Um, so. So we really thought Penn and Teller they'd be a lot of fun. It's kind of the same, you know, celebrating science. Celebrating. That's all, they don't do
0: a lot of stuff mm-hmm. off outside of the Rio Theater in Vegas or Broadway. Like.
1: They yeah, they really don't. They just had, in fact, they're finishing up their Broadway um, show right now, um, and and they're just they've been great to work with to put this together, and and it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be in a very similar format. You know, it's one of the things of the Postacon, We really like to to just have again. You know, it's that. Interaction opportunity. It's people, you know. The they had a, I think, a two-hour Q and A going with Tyson last time because he was just having so much fun with it. Um, and it's going to be similar. They're they're not there to do a magic show. If somebody wants to see a magic show, a Penn and Teller, then they can go to Vegas. So and they're do doing that. a Q and A basically. Um, well, they're they're it's a conversation. Um, yeah. There it's they've done it a couple other times in slightly different formats. This one will be a little bit unique, but it's basically their 40 years of bullshit kind of conversation. <laughs> can I say that on your show? Uh, no, um, we it, it, this is only bad. for okay, kids. That's bad. Okay, beep that out. Yeah. Um, so you know it's it's going to be them sitting on the stage and and obviously they'll do some illusions and, and just some fun stuff with the audience um, but they're really there to have we'll a conversation with us. Everybody asks that yes <laughs> he will talk absolutely Whoa. he will be talking. That's worth
0: the price of the ticket alone. Yeah
1: and it, and it's cool because the way we do a you know kind of like everything else for me I want to make it accessible to everybody so this year um, all the meals are included um, on Saturday and Sunday um, you know we've got the uh, on Friday night if people want to upgrade they certainly can because that helps pay for our event. That's how right because this to can't be cheap races. to
0: bring these guys in and secure a venue and all that stuff.
1: It, it takes a lot of work, but um, but it's genuinely because Apostacon has grown so much and is so popular, and that actually happened before we got Tyson. So wow. that's how we were able to bring him in. Um, you know, and and just knowing that we're going to have the turnout on it. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be great. People can go to apostacon.org to get their tickets, um, and I think the hotel block rate ends in the middle of August, August twenty second. Um, I want to say, and the hotel rate is $99. It's literally across the street from the airport. I mean, this is, in, as it's a kid friendly known, as conference a, as well. Incredibly kid friendly. We're working with camp quest, Texas. They're yeah. going to be doing some childcare and, and all that. And all the speakers usually go down and hang out with them. And very cool. You know, it's a lot of fun.
0: So let's talk about the other plates you have spinning <laughs> here. Um, again, and this is why it's just really impressive because again, these things take so much time. Um, But then I don't even think those two things we already discussed are probably the most meaningful things you've done. Because let's talk about recovering from religion, because this has a few different prongs. It does. What is recovering from religion?
1: So recovering from religion um, is an organization that provides you know, practical support to people who are negatively affected by faith or religion as they're questioning, as they're doubting, as they're leaving, as they've left. Once they've left, decades later, any of that, just kind of that that holdover. And what we do is create and implement programs that give people those concrete resources. And what I've kind of likened it to is, um, for any of us who ever played Zelda obsessively when we were kids, <laughs> um, you know, you, you go through the world and, and you finish all the stuff and you think you know everything on the map. And then you go through this other tiny little door and all of a sudden this whole new map opens up and you don't know what to do and you don't know how to navigate that and recovering from religion you know we we take it very seriously that people have spent their whole lives being told this is what you believe this is what you should think and this is where you go for the only answers that are allowed to exist and so we kind of take that and flip it on its head entirely and we say you know what there's a lot of places to look and you know, there's a lot of possible answers and we don't necessarily have them all and it's okay if you don't either, but we will look at this map with you and we will hold a flashlight and we'll help (laughs) you figure this out and it's not so scary because we've been through this.
0: So atheists just like bombed open the door (laughs) and entered this new world.
1: (laughs) They did, yeah. I figured the gaming reference will work well for everybody, but at least... It's the only
0: game I know. It's either that or Dr. Mario and (laughs) otherwise I'm lost. The pills and the
1: flipping and the... (laughs) Yes.
0: That's probably not the analogy we want to go for. Exactly, no. But okay, so what are some of the projects, the concrete yeah, projects. Yeah, so um,
1: we have our local groups, and those um, are small groups that meet monthly, and they're all over the world at this point. And we've got um, Neil Carter is the group development director, putting those together. And then we have the secular therapist project, which is huge and exploding. And Daryl Ray runs that. Dr. Daryl Ray, I'm so sorry. Um, so this
0: is if I if I want to talk to a therapist, correct. But I don't want a therapist to tell me to pray or go to church or something. Right. I just want to talk to someone from my atheist world about these are the issues I'm having, but God's out of the question in terms well, of... Well,
1: and, and even believers who just want actual therapy. It's it's actually <laughs> against the, the protocol for therapists to insert or include their religious mindset at all in therapy. If a a client says, this is a religious value that I have, and I want things to fit inside that, then therapists can and should respect that, and they're supposed to do that per ethical
0: standards. I imagine that some gay people, LGBT people, might not have that... Positive of an experience, exactly.
1: You know, and and people even who are just kind of transitioning from one, you know, maybe a more fundamentalist religious mindset to a more liberal one. You know, if if they're if it's important to them to stay keep things in the context of using prayer and all that to work for them, of course that should be respected. But again, that's coming from the client. What happens a lot of times um, is you know these because of how religion and especially fundamentalism teaches that God's law is superior to any other, you know, secular, non- you know, non-religious standard or, or non-biblical standard, um, they feel like there's two sets of ethics going on and they're beholden first and foremost to the, fir- to the first one, which is, you know, their their job is to spread the word of God. And so because of that, a lot of times in these therapy sessions or, or even in their advertisements or anything, they will talk about how they have biblical-based therapy or they will have, you know, Christ-led approach and things like that. And, you know, if you're in an area where that's all you've got and yeah. all 300 therapists in Your area have that on their website. Where do you go? Where you know you can get actual mental health care, which we all encourage. I mean, everybody should. You probably see a therapist at one time or another in their life, right? So, being able to go to one who's just going to respect you for who and where you are in your life and help you with the problems that you're bringing them, as opposed to just adding baggage um, and and perpetuating a mindset that you may or may not buy into. That's what the Secular Therapist Project.
0: So I can go to the Secular Therapist website, and I will have Um, the links for all this stuff. Uh, on, in the show notes, but they can go there to Correct. find people in their areas, find people they can talk to over the phone.
1: Right. So um, it's there's a couple really cool things about this, and we're in the process of updating the website and, and all that, So, um, but it's still very functional. Um, it's anonymous for both the therapist and for um, the client, and until they decide to share their information as to how to contact each other. So um, a potential client can go to the website, they can register, they can search for a therapist in their area. Um, if there isn't a therapist in their area and there are long distance therapists, we do have some that can practice in specific states long distance. If they're able to do that, they'll get that information. And then they can then communicate with the therapist completely anonymously to decide if they're a good fit for each other. Because that's important too. Right. It doesn't, you know, just because they might share, you know, uh, you know the, the concepts of not incu- including religion doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be the best therapist for you. So they work out and, and make sure they're going to be a good fit. And then they decide to share contact information. So it's it's all completely anonymous and it's free. We are completely donor supported just to get that out there (laughs) Um, to
0: use the service, to use
1: the service. Absolutely. And, and it's one of those things that all of our therapists go through a very specific vetting process to make sure that they're a good fit for our program. Um, and they understand that, you know, our guidelines and our rules and our priorities as to why those exist the way they do. And then from there, you know, the, uh, they're able to go on and and make their appointments and, and that sort of thing. So we've had tremendous success with that. In fact, you know, I've had probably at least once or twice a week, I'll get emails from people saying, I didn't know what to do. And I stumbled on this and I found a therapist and wow, it's everything that I needed. Um, and, and that's just incredibly encouraging. So that's obviously one of our other programs. Um, we have the hotline project, which is, a, you know, kind of been getting some attention lately. Yeah, it's gotten um, some media <laughs> a buzz. little bit. Yeah, it's it's a little bit out there, um, but it's an eight hundred number where people can call and talk to trained. Um, volunteers and I wrote a training program for them and we had it vetted by, <laughs> there wasn't one out there. I mean, like, I don't yeah. like reinventing the wheel. So I was like, there's gotta be something out there and there wasn't. So we wrote one and then we had it. Um,
0: and this is for people to call if they are having religious doubts
1: yeah, and they well, want to talk to someone. Yeah. So any, anyone negatively affected by religion or questions about or spouse of, or knows someone we get, we get calls from people who are religious saying, Hey, I just found out my brother is an atheist or actually the humanist is more common. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to know what the hell a humanist is, (laughs) you know, and so we'll explain that, um, you know, and it's one of those things where people call us and we give them a lot of resources. We send them in a lot of directions, um, but we don't say, you know, here's the answer to your problem. We say, hey, we're going to help you figure this out and and help you get the tools to find your own answers. So
0: if someone came up to, if someone called the hotline and said, I'm having doubts about my faith, Mm What should I do? You're not encouraging them to say, "Well, if you read the God delusion, uh, you will You'll become an atheist." This. Right? That's not what's going on. <laughs> no,
1: we're recovering from religion is not an evangelical atheist organization. Um, you know, it, there's no question that. A lot of people who have their doubts and have their questions when they come through our programs, and we like to say they come through us, not to us, because we're not a stopping point. We're a transition. Um, But as they come through all of this, they tend to let go of the more fundamentalist beliefs that they have and embrace something from a deism to an agnosticism to atheism somewhere in there. Um, But we don't we don't proselytize, we don't, you know, we don't push our agenda. In fact, our training program, we specifically teach our volunteers how to circumvent their own bias and keep it out of the conversation. One of the biggest complaints that we have about the Hotline Project, and and I actually take this as a compliment, um, people will call in and they have questions, especially when they're, you know, loosely religious, but still kind of thinking of letting go of things, And and they go through our feedback form or they'll call us again and leave a message and they'll say, well, I appreciate all the time and attention, but nobody gave me an actual answer. They just gave (laughs) me a bunch of links and I've got all these books to read and
0: and all this. And (laughs) I have to do my own work. And
1: and that to me, I go, yep, we did it. That's exactly (laughs) because we don't want them to feel like, you know, it, it is overwhelming to to, you know, embrace all of this and absorb all of this. We want them to know they're not alone, but we don't want them to feel like, you know, that that it's just one more church giving them one more thing. That's not what it's about.
0: One of, I'm having a kid in a few months. I know. I'm
1: so excited oh my for God. you.
0: <laughs> I'm already freaking out. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to have to stop everything else I'm doing in my life because of this <laughs> one thing. But, but, I mean, you have... She's going to hear this someday. (laughs) No one's going to hear this any day. That's
1: true. Thank you. That's why it was important to me that I do this interview,
0: Emmett. I know how to pull them in. Um, But you have, like, how many kids do you have?
1: Well, I have four at home.
0: Yeah. And, like, how do you deal with... I mean, if you had two, this would be impressive to pull all this stuff together. But, yeah, you have four kids at home. How do you manage your time?
1: Um, I'm very busy a lot. Yeah. Um, So there's that. No, you know... It's one of those people ask me that a lot and a huge part of it, honestly, I have awesome teams of people that I work with and I'm a big fan of just, you know, open communication and we we get things moving and we figure out who's doing what and... And I don't do all of this myself. This is all happening because we are all this, you know, fantastic machine of volunteers. And these are all people working with me who are very passionate about the same values and the same priorities of getting this message out. You know, recovering from religion as much as the other stuff. I love the Reason Rally Coalition and everything that it's about. I love Apostacon and everything it's become. But recovering from religion as a former fundamentalist who went through all of that that's where my heart is for lack of a better term. Um, and for everyone that's on that team with me, that's how they feel about it as well. Um, and so, you know, a lot of it, you know, the whole, everybody says, how do you do it? How do you do it? I I find people that are as passionate as I am and willing to put in the work and effort to do all of it. So that's, that's really it. It's not just me.
0: That's (laughs) very, very, uh, uh, that's awesome. And it also means we can't clone you like that. (laughs) Um, so that's, That so might be anyone, helpful
1: if we could, if anyone out there... <laughs> the,
0: if we have the technology.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be against it necessarily.
0: <laughs> um, so we will have links to all the things we talked about here, but uh, because the Reason Rally, I think, is on a lot of people's minds, if they want more information on that, they can go...
1: Reasonrally.org.
0: ReasonRally.org, and there will be more information as time progresses, all as coming things together. come together. Yep.
1: The one thing I will say, um, as soon as the hotel links are up on the website, which, again, should be by the time everybody hears this, um, I would encourage everybody to grab your hotel rooms as soon as possible. We have fantastic hotel rates. It's obviously this is prime tourist season, and the hotels are virtually on the mall, um, and they're so $139 they're gonna get booked $39 fast. a night.
0: That's not bad for it's D.C. in that time. It's a fantastic rate. Yeah. Um,
1: so definitely, I mean, get your hotel rooms right
0: away there's no question awesome thank you and good luck with the reason rally and good luck with all the other projects
1: i appreciate it
0: no problem